Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Summer is in full swing and there's so much going on at our church. Be sure to check the events section of our website or the Creekwood Church app to stay connected this summer. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. Well, I want to get into God's Word today. And, you know, during this summer, we do what we call is, is Summer at Creekwood. And we specifically don't do um, a series during the summer, but we just kind of go through some different topics and really sometimes take you to the deep end and some of our teaching. And um, I know that the real spiritual people are here on, on 4th of July. Like, y'all, you guys are here on 4th of July weekend. Like, I bet when you get to heaven, there's going to be like, St. <laughs> Peter's going to go, hey, you were there, 4th of July, come on over here. Those other guys are going to stand in line. You get to cut in line. <laughs> Is that not awesome? You know God loves it that you're here today. And I really believe that God has given me a word for you on this, this weekend as, as we look at God's word and you know, next weekend, as you heard me say, is Serve Day, and I'm excited about that, and um, I want to encourage you to be praying and really preparing your heart for this big weekend. But if you've got your Bibles today, go to Acts. We're going to look at the first church and really the early days of the first church and what was happening and how exciting it was to be a part of the first church. There's a sense in a lot of our hearts and a lot of, I, I really believe that a lot of us have this belief system in our minds that we believe that, well, if God wants to do something, it's just going to happen. And a lot of us have grown up that way. We believe that we are convinced of it and we're just like, it is what it is. And, and you know, um, if God wants to do it, it's just going to happen. And I want to just tell you, it's not, that's not necessarily true. God's will is not automatic. God's will is that nobody should perish, yet people perish. God's will is that we shouldn't be sick, yet people get sick. God's will is not automatic, and for us to believe that God just is, you know what, we're just kind of out here floating around, and God's just going to do whatever he wants to do, and if he's in a good mood, he'll do something great. If he's not in a good mood, nothing really great's going to happen, and we're all just kind of like spectators. And I want to just show you today that that really is a false belief, because one of the things that you see throughout the Bible is that God works through people. God chooses normal days in our life to disrupt our days and say, today's the day I want to use you and I want to do something power, powerful through you. But too many of us, we, we believe this and we are convinced of it. And so what happens is that we're really passive and we're not waking up every morning looking for God to do something through us. Do you know that it's, it's not normal, not natural for you not to be hearing from God every single day? God wants to speak to you. He wants to move through you. And this is why 
if you don't hear anything else I say today is God wants to disrupt your normal day. Normal is not our friend. Normal is our enemy. To many of us, we have this mindset in our, in our minds that, you know what, I just want a normal day, and we're praying for that, and yet what you see in the, in the first church, and look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That was not normal. There were all kinds of miracles happening. God was doing some amazing things through them. And you go read through the gospels and you begin to see that the pattern that there, there's nothing normal about Jesus. Jesus showed up and, and, and walked on water when he was looking for the disciples. When he went, went to a funeral, he raised the dead. When he was at a wedding, he turned water into wine. That's not normal. And I want to challenge you and kind of push you to, to get away from, from praying and asking God for normal days and saying, God, would you disrupt my mentality of looking for a normal day? I know you want to do something great. I know your will is to work in this world, that you want to bring healing, you want to bring restoration, you want to touch people's lives. God, I'm not looking for a normal day. I'm looking for a supernatural day. I'm looking for the miraculous. Do you know that God wants to do the miraculous through your life? But as long as you look for the normal, it's not going to happen. I know some of you, maybe you grew up in a church or in a denomination where you, nobody talked about miracles and nobody talked about, you know, like God moving and God speaking to you. But listen to me, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. What he did yesterday, he's going to do today. His love for people was incredible back then. It's still the same today. God still loves people the same way he did, and he still wants to bring restoration. And, and for us to understand that he wants to use us, his power is the same. His desire to use people is the same. See, God is trying to break your normal. He's trying to get you to a place where he can begin to um, get you out of your comfort zone. And see, sometimes in order for God to do something new in your life, or in order for God to do something miraculous in your life and through you is that he has to break up the normal. You know, I, I like normal. I do. I, I'm I, I like, some of y'all may not know this. I go to, I, I love a normal day. Sundays, I have a routine that like, I don't want to break it. I get up, at, you know, 4.45 in the morning. I get ready fast. And where do I head? I go to Whataburger and I sit in the parking lot at Whataburger, which by the way, I've been real concerned about Whataburger lately. <laughs> they got bought by some Northern company and like, they've just, it's going down. 
They need to get it back to the family in Corpus Christi. It was, you know, like they're changing the wrapper. They're changing the, they even ask you if you want salsa. And I'm like, who eats a taquito without salsa? <laughs> I love normal, but, and you ask my wife, I don't like to like try a lot of brand new things and like, I don't, I want a routine. I want to eat at the same place. We, one year when we were in, in, on vacation in, in Charleston, we ate at the same place every meal. It was so good. <laughs> we would sit in the car, talk about it. And I'm going, babe, why would, why do we want to go anywhere else? <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Anybody, all the old people in here, you know, once you go to Luby's, you're like, you're going to go to Luby's. It's like, don't even talk about it. Luby's is, a, there's only one left, I think, in the whole Dallas, Fort Worth area. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I took a couple of days off and she kept telling me and our friends that we were with, they said, man, those, there's, have y'all seen those little scooters that, that look like a little skateboard with a stick on it? Y'all know I'm not really good at sports. <laughs> Funny story about Pastor Keith. I, we used to have a softball team and he's intense about sports. He, I actually got to be on the team since I was a pastor of the church. <laughs> but I got bumped real quick. He put me on the co-ed. And then I got bumped off the co-ed to the bench and I'd sit around with Rochelle talking while the game was going on. They never would put me in. So sports has never been my thing. I usually always get hurt. And my wife is saying, babe, let's do this. Let's get on those little, little skateboard things and we'll ride all over town. I'm like, babe, I don't want to get hurt. I'm tough, but I don't want to get hurt. And like, she broke me down. And we got a little video real quick here. Uh, you can see me right there. Look at that me. I picked it up. I was going, no, I was a nervous wreck, but it was something brand new out of my norm. I did not want to do that. But once I got on it and I learned how to use it, I loved it. I was like, are we going to go do the scooters again? And I want you to think about your life. What are you missing when it comes to walking with God by, by you trying to play it safe and trying to go, I'm just looking for a normal day and a normal Sunday and a normal Monday and a more, no, normal Tuesday. And like, what if God said, I wanna, I wanna break that in your life and there's no such thing as a normal Monday anymore. There's no such thing as a normal Tuesday. Every day that you walk with God, there is something God wants to do supernatural. And it is so exciting to walk with God, to let him speak into your life. See, we need to stop arranging our, our, our faith as Christ followers around our comfort zone and begin to push beyond the normal and say, God, I'm ready to push beyond the normal and I want you to use me. There's a story, a couple verses later of the scripture that I read to you in Acts chapter two and Acts chapter three. It's an incredible story. And just to give you an example of what was happening, but it says, if you wanna read with me, um, Acts chapter three, verses beginning with verse one. 
It says one day, and I could just stop right there and we could go home. It says one day, one day, that wasn't normal. It's one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. And I want to stop right there. He says, I don't have any money. First thing out of Peter's mouth when this guy is asking him for help, he says, I don't have it. And I think a lot of people in life, that's where they stop because they're so fully aware of what they don't have. In fact, I believe it's the enemy's job and he loves to remind us of what we don't have and what we're not capable of. But thank God that Peter didn't stop at what he didn't have. And there's too many of us when we are going along and God disrupts our normal days and he tries to push us out of our comfort zone and God starts speaking to you and he says, why don't you help that person? Why don't you do something for this person? Why don't you go do something? And all you're focused on is what you don't have. All you're focused on is that you don't have any talent, you don't have any abilities, and you're like, I don't have anything, God. I don't have anything to give. I can't, God's saying, why don't you help pay their bill? Why don't you go, like, why don't you go mow their yard? And you're stuck in, in what you don't have because you're like, God, I don't have any time, I don't have any money. What if, if there was a day that you pushed beyond your comfort zone and you said, I don't have anything, but I'm going to step out in faith and say, God, I trust you so much that you're going to take me beyond what I don't have and I'm going to take what, what I have. I want you to follow me because what you have is great in your heart today. You have Jesus Christ in your life. You have the grace of God. You've experienced this crazy kind of love. I'm talking about this, this love and grace and mercy that God has given you that it's like, you're like, this is stupid. I don't deserve this. And God has rocked your world and you feel like you don't have anything. I would disagree with you today. You have everything in the world to give this world. God has deposited grace and love inside of you. And listen to me, serve day, this next Sunday, when we go out, you may feel like you don't have anything, but I would, I would just dare you to start pulling it out of your soul and let it overflow into people. Because you have so much to offer people. That's what happens when God starts breaking up. Our normal days is that he, he just uses a story, a moment, a, 
a situation where you're just reminded of what he's done. He says, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went, went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who had used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to him in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, follow Israelite, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. What a day. How many of you want one of those days? What a day. At the end of the day, you can say, you know what, God used me to make a difference in somebody's life. I wanna kinda go back because there's this, this scripture is so rich and I wanna look at it and really you know, analyze it because there's so many treasures, so many things that we can learn from this. And um, for one, I, I, I'm amazed that you may not pick up on this, but I think it's really strange that Peter and John are actually walking together and going to church. You talk about two opposite people. These two are the complete opposite. John is a loving, caring, sweet person. Peter will cut you. How many of you know, how many of you know people that will cut you? These are the people you need to watch out in the church. Because it's one thing to, to be the person that cuts people, but to, to say you know people. My mother-in-law always says, now if any of those church people mess with you, you let me know because I know people. And I don't want to know the people she knows. But I can imagine that they're, they're, they're walking along, they're two polar opposites and they didn't need to be together anymore because like Jesus has already ascended and, and, and like the church is going, like they're opposites. I don't know if it was John's compassion that reached out and saw this man and maybe it was Peter's boldness that he said, he whispered in his ear and he said, Boy, you better get up because I still got my knife and I'll cut you. <laughs> Everybody's different. That's, that's what makes Creekwood amazing. I don't know if John's a liberal and Peter's a conservative or I don't know that, you know, who knows? 
But I think it's a beautiful picture in the first church that two people that had were complete polar opposites were able to work together to allow God to work through them. I'm concerned that what happens is that we're, and I know, man, I don't want to open this can of worms, worms too much today, but I would just say this to you is that, listen, the, the word of God is, is, our, is our, our direction. It's what guides us. But too many of us, we're nervous for God and we think God's not big enough to do his job. So we think we got to go be hateful. And we think we got to go put people down and fight people that are different than we are. And listen to me, my God's a big God. My God can save anybody. Quit being nervous for God. You need to get to a place that you say, man, I'm going to love everybody because my God is going to work through me and the most heathen people around you that are the most whatever you want to call. Stop fighting them. And allow God to use you to change their life. I don't want to be a normal church. I don't want this place to be a normal place. I want this place to be a place that is full of broken people, that we are polar opposites, that we are all jacked up and we say, God, through your grace, you have saved us and we are on a mission that you have given us a mandate from heaven to go and reach this world for your kingdom. And God's gonna use that in our days that we think are gonna be normal. He's gonna come along and he's gonna disrupt us. Peter and John, they're opposites and they're walking together. You also can't miss in the story that the guy and again, you may see yourself in some parts of this story and you're going, man, I feel like, I, I, you know, I'm in this place or whatever. You can relate to different people in this story. But, you know, I think about the man that has been carried. The Bible tells us that he has been, he's been crippled since he was from birth. And for 40 years, he's been laid at the, at the door, at the gate of the temple In 40 years, people kept going to church, kept walking in and walking by. And nobody thought that this is a day that I need to turn and I need to look. If you look at and study, Luke is the the author of uh, the book of Acts. And he uses this this phrase several times where, where... And you notice this where where Peter says that if you want to put the scripture back up there and and I can show you, it says, Peter looks straight at him. This is is a phrase that, that Peter, that Luke uses over and over 10 different times in the book of Acts. He uses this, this phrase. And it says that it, He looked intently, and and this is what the significance of this phrase is that he had a, a discernment to the voice of God, that he was looking intently to see what are you wanting to tell me, God, about what you want to do in this person's life? Are you looking intently into people's eyes? 
Eye contact is important. When you have eye contact, too many times it's easy to kind of walk by people and it would have been easy for these people for 40 years, this guy's laying at the gate and they're going to, to, to pray and they're going to worship but nobody stops to think, you know what? I need to look at this guy in the eyes because he's a human being. He has a soul. For 40 years, this man has been carried there. And what's strange is there's only one, the Bible tells us it, it, he can't, it's his feet that is his problem. Everything else works. And you know what? Our world is full of people that there's, there's usually you can track one thing that's going on in their life. Maybe it's their bad attitude. Maybe it's their temper. And next Sunday, you're going to show up to people's houses and you're going to go, you're putting up a fence. And, and um, I remember one year, we, you know, we, and I'm not going to, I'm trying not to be too specific. Some are like, hey, that was my house. Uh, <laughs> no, we've had people give their life to Christ through that. Um, anyways, change the story. Um, I'll back up. But, you know, it's easy to kind of go, well, man, why aren't they out here digging a hole? Why don't, you know, and, and usually, you know, there's something broken. There's something going on in their life. There's one thing that is sabotaging everything in their life. And maybe you're here today and, and you can kind of pinpoint and, you're, and you kind of feel like the guy that's, that is a crippled guy that you say, there, there's this one thing in my life that is keeping me over and over. It is what's sabotaging my life. It's what, what is keeping me on the ground. It is what's causing me not to rise up. And I would tell you what you need today is a one day. What you need this morning is a one day where you can connect with somebody else and that has the faith to believe that says, this is not a normal day for me at church today. I showed up believing God that he is gonna work through me. See, when you're a greeter out in, in, at, at any of our doors, you ought to be able to say, this is not a normal day, God. You work through me. You help me reach people. You help me, me look people in the eye. Give me the discernment. I think of the two guys that carried him for 40 years. Whoever it was, the Bible doesn't give us a name. It doesn't even give us a name for the guy that's laying on the ground. But for 40 years, they have, every morning, they have carried him and dropped him off at the gate. And then they've gone back home. They've come back at five o'clock and picked him up. And they've done this for every single day for 40 years. And I think of, yes, it was nice that they were doing something for him, but I, I'm like, why didn't anybody think that God could do something? And I think too many of us, what's happening is, is that we're feeding into people's dysfunction. And we, we, we're allowing people around us with all their dysfunctions. And listen to me, we're supposed to have love, but there comes a point in your life that you say, you know what, I see a, a, a major dysfunction in my buddy's life or, or that person's life that I'm really close to. God, would you give me the discernment? Would you give me the words to be able to speak into their life? For 40 years, He's there. And one day, Peter comes along and John, and they look straight at him 
and they declare, and I love this. They make a declaration. They said, you need to get up, but notice something what he does. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is really important. Because too many times it's easy to kind of go, well, we're doing a serve day and it's like, a, we're doing it like a, doing some social work. We're going to go help people. No, we're doing something in the name of Jesus. We're taking our natural work and we're connecting it with God's supernatural. We're going to take our, our natural love, our natural, like, I'm going to go try to build. We're going to be building, a, like, I know there's a family that, that the husband is in a wheelchair and, and we're going to be building a big deck outside of the, the, their house for him to be able to get in and out of his house. And, and I know some of you are like, man, I don't know the first thing about a measuring tape. And you know, you're gonna go out there and hit your finger or whatever with the hammer. And, but you know, God's gonna take your natural and he's gonna do something supernatural. But we're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I wanna just remind you that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Acts 3.16, later on, Luke tells us, he says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. But I want, to note, I want you to notice something that I love, love, love. Because Peter and John prayed and, and looked at him and they said in the name of Jesus, get up. And it would have been easy to kind of go, well, I told you to get up and, and you're not getting up. Well, maybe Jesus didn't heal you. The Bible says that he leaned over and he reached out and he took his hand and he lifted him up. And as he was lifting him up, God healed him. Next Sunday could be the one day. Next Sunday could be the one day that as you are lifting somebody up in the middle of that natural work that you are gonna be doing, that God does something supernatural in somebody's life. I have a bunch of points, but I, I'm like moved on, okay. And I'm just gonna read them to you because again, I want you to be used by God and I, I want God to disrupt your normal People who are willing to be, God uses people that are willing to be interrupted. When we're willing to be interrupted. Number two, people who pay attention to needs. God uses people that pay attention to needs. And if you'll pay attention, God's gonna show you needs all around you every single day. People who inspire hope in others. God uses people that inspire hope. People that will speak into people's lives that you will declare that you say, man, I believe you can get back up. I believe God can restore your marriage. People, and I love this last one, people who are willing to try and God will do the rest. This next Sunday, could be that one day And I'm asking you as your pastor, I know you probably have a lot of stuff. You're like, well, I don't know if I can do it. And, and um, we're gonna show up at the West Campus. And man, if you haven't been out there lately, it's beautiful. 
We're all going to show up there on Sunday morning and, and um, Pastor Jim and Kendall, all of our, our staff, they have been working so hard to, to, to strategize this. And, and you're, you know, when you sign up, you'll be put into teams and it, it's very, very organized, but it is, it is a beautiful thing at the end, end of the projects to be able to, to look at other people that are working with you and they're serving and saying, man, we made a difference in somebody's life. I want to pray for you today and I want to ask you to bow your heads. We are not called to be normal. We're called to be used by God. This is why one of our values here at Creekwood is that we serve always because we believe in the midst of us serving, God does the supernatural. I want to pray for you today and before you pull out of this parking lot, I want you to get signed up. You can go on the app, you can go by the information center. There's lots of ways that you can do this. You can go, if you go to creekwoodchurch.com, you'll see it says serve day and it gives you a place. You can go right back down there at the bottom and you can sign up real quick. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for the stories that we see that and God, we can experience, God, that are real, Lord. And God, we know that you have not changed. God, you desire to work through us, God. Father, I pray that you would stir all of our hearts, God. God, may we have this adventurous spirit, God. May we have this boldness about us, God, that we, God, believe that, God, you are going to work in our lives through the natural moments of our days that we do things and step out for people, God that you do supernatural. We thank you for this, God. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Church for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.